0: Hey, welcome to another broadcast from the Two Bear Arms channel. Today is the unloaded segment where we cover uh, just general topics that um, kind of unscripted, unprepared, and uh, that makes it kind of fun. I'm Kurt, also known as Cece, and I'm Deuce. All right. Thank you everybody for tuning in again, and we're going to dive into some topics here. Um, something that's kind of big news that we talked about prior to uh, starting the episode today um, that I think we kind of want to start with because it's everybody's talking about it is the uh, unfortunate uh, situation on the movie set with Alec Baldwin um, you know our our prayers and thoughts go out for the families that were involved and uh, for everyone involved they're on the set but it's a uh, it's a teachable moment I think at this point and uh, we need to wait for more facts to come out a little bit, but a lot of them came out, uh, you know, today earlier with the sheriff's department, uh, releasing a lot of the statements from the people that were there on the scene. And, um, you know, from the film industry side, we see a lot of gun handling, a lot of gun work, um, and there's always armors involved. Um, uh, in this case, somewhere in the mix someone loaded the gun we're not sure i don't know if they figured out who had done it at this point but um the firearm ended up loaded and uh then discharged while they were practicing for the next scene and from the safety standpoint um deuce kind of run down some of the safety steps you know that we use for competition that we use for training that uh everybody should be using you know across the board
1: well i mean you know we all you know most gun people know the number one rule, and that's you always treat a firearm like it's loaded. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in particular, one of the things that we do from a competitive shooting standpoint is we have designated areas where only loaded firearms are allowed. Yep. Um, you know, in all SAS events, for e- example, um, you know, we don't allow loaded firearms off mm-hmm. of the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are checked at a uh, loading table, and then they're also cleared at an unloading table. And muzzle direction is. I mean, it is paramount. I mean, we don't, um, when you be, when you, what's interesting to me is when you become a competitive shooter, muzzle, um, discipline becomes much more ingrained than, you know, I mean, I think a lot of us, if you're like myself and I know you, especially you grow up hunting, small game hunting, deer hunting, um, you know, muzzle directions is not always, not sure. always applied. Um, even though we all go through hunter safety and stuff like that. Um, you know, you it become you become very cognizant of it. And in here in the store every day. I mean, we yeah. we are handling firearms all day long. Um, and it just becomes ingrained in you. Um, you know, and so, you know, the number one thing is we always always treat a firearm like it's loaded. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you know, and it's you know, it bears repeating, you never pointed at anything that you don't want to destroy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's one of the first things, like for me, I have three, three young children. That's the very first thing I tell them. Sure. So, um, you know, in, in this case, you, I don't, you know, we're going to get in depth on this, but you kind of wonder why in the world in a uh, situation like that, was there even live ammo in the area? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's my first question. Sure. You know, how does that happen? Sure. Um, yeah you know, it's just, you know, one-on-one. And I see a lot of, you know, I've been reading a lot of the comments and, uh, from the, you know, some of the more shared articles on social media and everybody's like, how does, how does a prop gun, um, you know, how does a prop gun go off? You know, don't they have pin barrels? Don't they have, and that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that most prop guns are full functioning, real firearms. Sure, There are some exceptions, some, um, you know, some some exceptions to the rules. There's been some guns that have been severely modified and stuff like that to, to accept different types of blanks and stuff. But uh, usually they are fully functioning firearms. Sure, um, which is a lot of people don't realize, and they needed they need to be treated as such.
0: Yep. So. Yep. And you know, and Deuce brought up a good point there. You know, all day long in the store here in Two Bear Arms, we're handling firearms, we're handing firearms over to customers, and and uh, you know as a customer, um, I'm, I'm kind of asking folks, too, to be very cognizant of the muzzle direction. You watch us, at least our shop, our policy is before we hand the firearm open or over, we uh, we check the firearm. We open the firearm, even if we just press check it to make sure there's nothing in a semi-automatic or open the cylinder on a, uh, on a revolver or uh, open the bolt on a, a rifle or Same thing with some auto rifle. You know, slide the bolt open, take a look at it real quick before we hand it over to a customer. But then once you, as the customer, has the firearm in hand, um, you know, number one, you should check it just to make sure that we didn't uh, subconsciously miss something. Mm -hmm. And then just watch your muzzle direction. All day long, we get guns pointed at us, and we become kind of numb to it at a certain point. And it's very difficult to hand a gun over to a customer without it being pointed at us uh, because we lay it on the counter and we... I, you know, I try to instruct everyone, lay the muzzle toward ourselves, so then that way the customer can directly pick the gun up. Well, when, as soon as the customer touches the gun, it's pointing at us, and we've just kind of become somewhat accustomed to it. I know when we first opened the shop uh, all those years ago, for the first couple of weeks, it was a little daunting to me to uh, to have the gun picked up. And the customer is not doing anything wrong. They were picking up a uh, a, uh, a firearm just to look at it, but it took a little getting used to, to have the gun sweep past you like that. Um,
1: and it, it, go I, ahead. it puts us in a little bit of a catch 22 as well, because, you know, we could slap muzzles and, 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 you know, uh, discipline people sure. <laughs> all day long sure. about this, but sure. we are in a customer service environment. Sure, um, We want a customer to have a good time and feel good about themselves. And, and I have been in shops where associates have yelled at a customer, um, for muzzle direction. Sure. Sure. And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, myself personally, I've never been, you know, I, I honestly, you know, I've worked enough gun counters the last 20 years to, yeah. I mean, every time you work, you get, you get, you get flagged mm-hmm. by a firearm. Um, you just kind of get numb to it. And I know that sounds unacceptable and crazy to people, but until you're in that environment, right. You know, that's why, that's why we do it. That's why we check everything before we hand it to them. I don't, sure. I've never seen an associate here, not check a firearm. Uh, when they hand it to a customer and that does one of two things it it gives us peace of mind mm-hmm. and it sets a good example absolutely for the customer um, you know because again, you know we don't want to be in here yelling at people right. but uh, we want people being safe for sure. for everybody's sake you know sure. their selves included. so it's just you know again, you know the, that's a situation that we deal with every day and like you said we could you know we could absolutely be the militant guys all day long but We're trying to educate people here and help people out.
0: And in a reminder in that fashion, also people bringing guns in for repair or trade in or, uh, you know, to have an evaluation done on them and an estimate on value um, for insurance purposes or estates or whatever the case may be make sure these firearms are clear before you go into any gun shop and we have signs posted out there and people come in all the time and say hey i've got some guns in the trunk i want to trade in or i want to have you know their grandpa's guns i want to have them worked on okay please make sure they're unloaded bring them in and invariably now oh, once every couple of months somebody will bring a gun in and we'll say you know is it unloaded they'll say yes we'll check it right away we check all guns when they come in and lo and behold they'll be around in the gun i've phoned um, it yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I found it dozens and dozens of times. So, and you know, there again, they weren't necessarily being careless, but they didn't know that if they didn't pull the bolt all the way back on that 22 right. rifle, that it would bring one out of the tube. Yep. And uh, load the firearm. So it's they usually 22s. So yeah. Usually 20. Lot of
1: Because it was leaning by the back door, loaded. And it's been loaded for the last 40 years. Sure. You know uh, I mean, that's yeah, 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 That's yeah. grandpa was yeah, ready grandpa, for the rogue Grandpa rogue was ready for the uh, <laughs> groundhog to come out. So it's <laughs> yep. um, you know. But yeah it's just it's something that we we deal with on a on a daily basis in here
0: yeah so this is more kind of i guess this is our public service announcement portion that we didn't mm -hmm. have planned because this is the unloaded segment but uh you know we're kind of i guess beating the drum and starting a mission here to make everybody be a little more cognizant a little safer with their firearms when they uh when they're handling them in the stores, or when they're bringing them in, and then of course you know just in general, anytime you're touching a firearm, make sure yep. that it's unloaded, pointed in a safe direction, guys. It's just it's just such a simple rule to get yourself in the habit. And like Deuce mentioned, now that we've been shooting competition for the many 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 years that we have been, you know we are a little more aware. And I, I think all competitors, not just him and I exclusively, but yeah. all competitors, become more structured to their muzzle direction um, and, and checking the firearms. Um, I know there's been multiple times, uh, showing other competitors, a hand, one of, one of our handguns down on the range, even though they know that we just cleared it at the unload table, we got to put it in our cart. They want to see the gun. They still check it, which is fantastic. That's exactly what they should do. Yep. Um, double check it. And, uh, if we could all start following that, that's going to be a lot better situation. Um, as far as the Baldwin situation, um, you know, there again, I don't know, you know, we don't know what we don't know. So we weren't there, but, uh, you know, that gun had to have been pointed in the direction of the people that were hit. I mean, that's the only way it can be done. Uh, they said in the article I read just a half hour ago, they said that he was practicing for a scene they were going to film here shortly, and that uh, he was to point the gun at the camera. I find it, a little unusual that he had to fire it directly at the camera, but um, apparently maybe he did, but or needed to for the scene, and maybe they were setting the cameras up behind the scene and uh, struck both the uh, both the people with the one shot. So, um, you know, it, uh, yes, the armorer was at fault here at this. I can, you know, obviously, there shouldn't have been live ammunition on the property, and the gun should have been checked. Apparently, many sources have said that it was declared a cold gun. Mm -hmm. Um, That still does not alleviate the responsibility of the person holding the gun to make sure it's a cold gun. And for Hollywood, you know, which Hollywood's probably not listening to us, but uh, who knows? Maybe somebody will share it to one of them or something. But, you know, actors and actresses, even if they're anti-gun, if they're going to make movies to where they're holding guns, they need to know a little more about them they need to be versed in being able to at least check them for safety purposes. Um, You know, so there's some responsibility that falls on the individual that's holding the firearm. And, you know, I, I read a lot of the, probably a lot of the similar comments that you were um, alluding to earlier. You know, people are mad. They're saying that he should be charged and this and that. I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm not going to make that, you know, right. That determination. That's for the prosecutor to decide, but at the same time, there's some personal responsibility, even if it doesn't become legal responsibility. There's some personal responsibility to make sure that the firearm that you're holding is completely safe. Right. So,
1: you know, and, and as much as I, uh, as much as I don't like Alec Baldwin, yes, sir. for a variety of reasons, yes, sir, um, I find it hard to believe that he's probably not completely inconsolable about oh, this situation. Absolutely. So. Sure. Um, you know, might you know, a little, you know, and even, and you know, a lot of people want to hammer him right away, but, uh, I'm sure he feels awful. Oh, and this is, this event's going to change, going to change his life forever. Sure. You know, and that's, um, you know, somebody is dead and, you know, that's pretty serious. That's, you know, doesn't get more serious than that. Sure. So, um, you know, and of course, you know, we see the, the instant knee jerk reaction, you know, of, you know it immediately becomes a gun problem right you know rather than a people problem right and um you know that who you know who's who's you know pointing the fingers where you know i mean who's to blame and again that's not what we're here to talk about really but right. it's
0: um well yeah. and, the, and the poor armor what i was reading in the article was she was in her early 20s mm-hmm. um and so this is the beginning of her career um, hoping to be an armor for the film industry and this was not a high budget uh no remake of the matrix or anything like that so she was trying to work her way up and now she's got this on her record so right. uh, probably done as an armor but um so you know even people that weren't affected by the actual bullet coming out there's a lot of people going to be affected by this for a long time so um
1: well you know interesting that you say that i had an opportunity to uh speak with a with an actual producer last year because he was seeking some information for uh, some movie guns and he was directed towards me uh, about a particular lever gun. And uh, he himself uh, was a pro-gun guy uh, in Hollywood and he'd been in the business for 40 years. Uh, I was, you know, he told me personally that from a budget standpoint, even major, major budget films that have a lot of money being poured into them, he said that that is an area that they always cut corners on. Sure. sure. You know, so it's just a non-essential list. It is a non-essential, great, sure. a non-essential. Oh, yeah. but even though it may be a huge part of the action and mm-hmm. you know, so I think Hollywood uh,
0: will probably change their tune to that just a little bit, or they should anyway.
1: And this is not the first time an actor or, uh, or uh, somebody involved in film industry has died. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you remember Brandon Lee, yeah. Bruce Lee's son. Yeah. I um, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a, uh, horribly tragic event that uh you know yeah. there was actually you know there was actual loaded ammo that was dismantled and used for for close-ups and you know a bullet jumped and lodged in the barrel and then a blank followed behind it and hmm. you know yeah wow. so um you know those those are you know that's that's how that kind of stuff happens you just again you just you know you kind of wonder sure you know, what happens so
0: sure well, once again, we send our prayers out to everyone involved, in, including Baldwin. There again, we don't like him, but we can we can pray for him to be able to get through this and, uh, you know, let them get their investigation done and then let them decide what needs to happen, if anything, with him. Um, and, uh, you know, and there again, hoping that this becomes a completely teachable moment for, uh, for Hollywood, for any of the armors out there, um, and for, you know, training groups there again, you know, We do a lot of training uh, classes here. We're going to be doing a lot more next year. Um, The guns that we lay on display are all live firearms. They're just unloaded. And uh, we make sure multiple times we've done classes for many, many, many years. And, you know, I, I was thinking of it earlier today, and the amount of times that I've picked a gun up or had a gun in my holster during the class, and the gun I, you know... Having my holsters unloaded also um for the purpose of being able to draw and show techniques uh but I still every class I check that gun and I was trying to think earlier you know a four hour class or an eight hour class how many times I check that gun. Um guys and you know I may even pull it out, demonstrate something, put it away. Five minutes later I get ready to pull it out to show something else. I just kind of, you know, just rack the slide lightly yep. uh just to press check it basically again and it just it's become just normal for me to do that and uh, to the point of almost subconsciously because I had to force myself to kind of think about how we do training classes today just to kind of reinstill whether or not we're doing it properly or not and we are so i I urge everybody that does training or that's involved with any type of training or at ranges or competition or any of that to you know take a few minutes and set back and dig into your subconscious and see how you treat guns, how other people are treating guns and kind of make it a little bit of a mission here to make sure that this, uh, this type of incident doesn't happen yeah, you know, to, to any of us. So anything else you want to cover on that?
1: No, again, you know, as, as information comes out, you know, yeah. this may not be the last time we talk about it, yeah. but, yeah. uh, you know, obviously this is something that's not going to go away tomorrow. Sure. So,
0: sure. But, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, well, quick little, uh, boost here for, uh, when I noticed you put your hat on, uh, yep. right, he, he went bolting just, just for behind the scenes. He went bolting out of the room right before we Late. started. And I yep. thought, well, he had to go to the bathroom or something. And, and so the producer, Phil and I, uh, sitting here talking and then he comes back in laughing because he remembered to grab his WR Hall hat. Yep uh and that's riding the, for the brand riding for the brand <laughs> that's Listen right to that i like that so uh mike as you can see uh do stepped up to the plate there he had your hat uh and he's making he's making me look bad over here and i not apologize true. my friend so, not true at all no. yeah uh, well no. uh, so i even got mine hanging in my office and you've got a lot yeah. on your mind yeah so a, little yep, a little bit yeah uh, a little bit good a little bit so
1: uh, yeah. not so much on mine. Just ask anybody. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just got back from vacation. Yeah.
1: it just kind of rattles around. Yeah.
0: Hey, let's talk about your, uh, vacation. I keep calling it vacation. Well, it uh, was a vacation. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good, it was, good.
1: it was a vacation where I went and, uh, you know, shot competitively, obviously. But, okay. Uh, Tell yeah, us We about went it. down to, uh, Cavern Cove, Cavern Cove shooting facility in, uh, Scottsboro, um, Alabama, actually it's, I don't believe it's in Scottsboro. That's where I stayed. Um, but, uh, what a beautiful, unique range. Okay. Um, you know, Northern, I honestly, having not spent much time in that part of the country, I had no idea that, that uh, Northern Alabama was that mountainous. Okay. And of course people from, from real mountain ranges will laugh at that, but it was, it was beautiful yeah. and it was gorgeous. And uh, all I know, my ears popped. In and out of the range, so (laughs) we, you know, we we were we were somewhere up there. Okay, and uh, very picturesque range. Uh, They've shot cowboy there. My understanding about twenty five years, and uh, they do a variety of other disciplines: IPSC, IDPA, Steel Challenge, um, stuff like that. So it's a very complete competitive facility. Okay, and uh, you know, great people, um, a lot of effort put into the event um, in a very. Beautiful range setting. Uh, I think they ended up with 231 registered shooters. Nice, um, you know, and it was just an awesome celebration uh, of of our sport, and you know, which our major events. That's what they're supposed to be. Yeah, and it was the Southeast Regional. Of course, uh, that's not our region in particular. Yeah. Ours is the Midwest, but that does not exclude you from going and having a good time.
0: Sure.
1: So. Um, you know, what was very special for me is uh, I, was, I got to hang out with uh, my Florida friends, the Cracker Crew, Okay. Um, Santa River Stan, Delta Glen, uh, Fireball, uh, Midwest Hale, Outlaw Travis James, Chickie Wisdom, um, you know, J.P. Law. Just so many different shooters um, nice. that I've known for years down there. And, uh, you know, it, uh, Santa River Stan and I have been friends for a long time. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, we've, we've been young dads together and kind of watch our kids grow up together and kind of stuff. And it's been a lot of fun for us and I, and I, but I only get to see him, you know, maybe once a year if I'm lucky. So this was kind of a, I'd already seen him at end of trail. Um, so this was a bonus trip and you know, we, we enjoyed ourselves and, uh, we all stayed at the same hotel. Nice. And, uh, so at night there was about 40 of us in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) I think people were kind of wondering what the heck was going on.
0: But, in the parking uh, lot, really. In the parking lot, yeah. Well, <laughs> didn't take over a lounge, didn't take over. A yeah, you know they're not
1: a- they're not real keen on us being rowdy in the <laughs> breakfast lounge. So, um, you know, so because obviously at that point in time guns are guns are way put away, and yep. uh, you know that's when some of the libations come out. Okay, and, uh, okay. Yeah it uh, it was. It was an excellent time. I, I don't think I went to bed before one o'clock on any of the nights. Nice, so it was great. And strangely enough, it was always just JB and JB Kidd and I. Okay, just we were the, always the, the last, last man. The, yeah. Where was yep. Chili
0: Pepper Pete at the time?
1: Uh, the you know, the thing with Chili is he's definitely getting older. Yeah. Okay. So he's yeah. starting to go down a little earlier. I understand. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. A little he milk
0: was, of magnesia into bed. huh? He was
1: very tired
0: all okay. the time. Oh so. God.
1: Yeah. Chili. Yeah, he's he's really good at about eleven o'clock in the morning and about six thirty, it's you know, it's when the shuffleboard is over and he's ready to, you know, lay down. I understand. So, Poor Chili. And uh, Fireball hung on, hung on there pretty good. Did he? Yeah, he All did right. well. Huh? Yeah. Despite his advanced age. Yeah. And um no, it's it's just been, you know, and, and again, those two guys, Fireball and Chili. Um, you know, they're my oldest friends in the game. we we've, we've been friends together for going on 21 years in Cowboy shooting and that yep. was special too yeah um you know it uh, we all kind of uh you know I, I was fortunate to win my category in okay. Wrangler um and uh Chile won frontiersman nice. um, Santa Fe River stand won uh he was second in 49er um I think uh, I ended up third overall uh, Christian mortician was second and then a sidekick uh young shooter from, uh, Alabama won, won the match overall. Okay. And, uh, we all, you know, our particular group, we, uh, definitely could have had some better stage times at times. Okay. So we, we, uh, we all kind of managed to talk our way out of, uh, you know, real stellar matches, but we had solid performances and, yeah. you know, the, I guess it really, the, the experience really outshined the, uh, the shooting portion of it for me. Sure. And I just had a lot of fun with those people and, and, uh, got to meet, uh, one of our, you know, our flagship shooter, Midwest Hale for the first time Yeah, down yeah to Florida, a uh, young lady. Um, and, uh, that was, we just had a riot and, yep. um, you know, she's, yeah, if you don't, uh, if you don't follow her on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Midwest Hale, she's uh, very enthusiastic about the yep. sport and, yep. um, she is high yep. energy. Yeah. I mean, you know, she, uh, yeah, you know, I think, you know, we got done shooting warm ups on side match day and it was only four stages. And so she went and shot four more. And I think if, uh, if, if, if we wouldn't have all abandoned her, she probably would have shot 10 more. So, so she's, she's got
0: a lot of primers <laughs> hid somewhere. She, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah. But,
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, no, she, uh, she shot a clean match and uh, won, won her category uh, for the region. Yep. So it's, um, again, awesome experience. Definitely would return. Yep. And, um, yeah, you know, it was it was good and it was at an awesome time of year so nice
0: nice yeah. hey congratulations to stan too i noticed uh before he got there he shot a really nice buck so yeah uh, he, he finally it. sent me a picture of it yep. after you prodded him i think but yeah uh, i appreciate that stan for thinking of me second i appreciate that a lot so well, and
1: he he honestly thought he had sent it to you. Yeah, yeah, so, okay, sure. You know, he was uh-huh. he was sure. pretty pretty upset about that. So yeah, that's, no, he shot a, he shot a beautiful Georgia buck. And, that was um,
0: very nice deer, very nice you know, deer. Yeah, so,
1: so he came in feeling pretty good about himself. He yeah. actually got a buck antidote before. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he had meat in the freezer. Nice. You know, or meat on the way to the freezer. Nice. So, yep. Yeah, Excellent. Um,
0: I got my taxidermy to head back today from uh, from my taxidermist. Yeah. So yeah, I've got to bring it in here later. Yep tomorrow and hanging on the wall from last year add Uh, that
1: to the uh to the the awesome collection of uh, indiana deer yeah
0: yeah Yeah. nice Uh, uh, well good deal i'm glad you had a good time glad everybody was down there and got to hang out with them and uh that's that's always a good time so Mm -hmm. looking forward to well now we're going into to the dead of winter i think here shortly Uh, yeah it was cold today but um you know, we'll get our plans ready for next year. I know we've got, you know, EOT for sure and nationals and, uh, Iowa, of course. Iowa. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then we got some scheduling time to be able to figure out a few more things. Yeah. So we'll have to sit down and start mapping all that out and, let, and figure out what it's going to look like.
1: Yeah. So there are lots of choices.
0: Yep. Uh, yep. What other topics you want to cover?
1: We, uh you mentioned earlier maybe hitting on deer season a little bit yeah. coming up yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: we're getting into the thick of deer season here in indiana uh you know archery still in right now mm-hmm. um the rut uh, from what i've been reading online and then talking to some buddies and stuff that uh are avid hunters here in the area i know one of our buddies fluster all he scored a nice doe last week yep. and uh, and um uh, you know i to a couple other buddies they have scored some nice ones uh ty Killed a nice, uh, nice buck. I think this morning or yesterday. He sent me a picture of it in Messenger this morning, and it yep. was beautiful deer. So I'm going out tomorrow morning, and uh, yep. tomorrow's supposed to be a great day for it. Now the rain stopped, and uh, um, then we got gun season coming up in a couple of weeks. So yeah. four,
1: four ran across the driveway on the way in here. Nice. Yeah. Uh, good, good. Yeah. We saw at least a dozen deer on the way. You know, between here and that in the the Greens, it's a ten-minute drive. So. Good. they're they're moving good so, good
0: well we're gonna yeah. see if we can put some meat on the ground in the morning so yeah that'd be awesome uh, yeah so. Uh, so don't uh don't call me early i'll be in the stand yeah uh, so
1: well you know if you get you know let me know yeah and uh I'll help you drag it out.
0: Counting on it. Yeah. we got a stand to put up here this week, too. Yeah.
1: If anything, I'll watch you do it. Yeah. Tell you what you're doing wrong.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. Because, yeah, you know, Uh-oh. you need a lot
1: of guidance. There you go. You know, there you go. Yep. The, yeah, yep. You're just you're kind of yep. a newbie.
0: Yep. So. Yep. <clears throat> Later this week, we got to drag that big stand uh, back to the other woods and set it up. Yeah, so. the big dog. The big dog. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that is,
1: I don't know how much fun that's going to yeah. be. It'll be a good bonding experience, because.
0: And it. I went by and looked yesterday, and we cannot drive across that field. So
1: so we're carrying we're it. Carrying okay. it.
0: Well, we're carrying perfect. it. Okay. That's perfect. We can yeah. do
1: it. Yeah, yeah we we'll, can. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. You get the heavy end, I'll get the other end, and we'll be good. Yeah.
1: The so, only problem with carrying things like that yeah. is that's where the height difference really comes into play for sure. us. That's sure, uh, I always end up with the heavy end. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll figure it well, out. Oh, I'm getting
0: old, too. So yeah. I'll
1: yeah. In a few years on you. We Could could we get the Polaris back there? No. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: No. No, he replanted that field.
1: So oh, boy. Okay. Well,
0: then there we yeah. go. Yep. We're, we're carrying it. Yep. Sounds uh, good. Yep, yeah. we can do it. We can do it. But, so. uh,
1: no, I'm, I'm pretty pumped up.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. People been coming in, picking up ammo and such. They're, again, here in the store. I don't know how other gun shops, uh, you know, I've talked to a couple of them, and they're starting to see ammo back a little bit. We've we've always had ammo on the shelves. Uh, yep. You know, a couple calibers here and there missing. We're still under restrictions. You know, it's a one-box limit on rifle ammo right now. Until we get more of it in, we're hoping – the next two weeks uh, tomorrow hopefully i can strike some deals and get enough ammo coming in here that we can allow a couple boxes at least through the start of deer season and uh we've got a bunch more rifles coming in we've got a lot of rifles out there right now but uh um and uh yeah so if you're looking for a rifle or anything like that get it now don't wait you're running out of time muzzle loaders too i wanted to mention uh you know uh, muzzle loaders availability is just almost non-existent through the distributors unless you want a really really expensive muzzle loader um, any of your baseline or midline muzzle loaders we've got oh a dozen of them or so here but uh, left in inventory but after that we cannot find more muzzle loaders we're looking for them we can't find them we're checking with all the distributors so guys if you're thinking a muzzle loader for late season, you don't have one or you wanted to get a new one get them get them bought you know and there again, um I'm I'm biased come here and buy it but uh you know any of the gun shops if uh, if you're far away and uh, can't make it here get to your local gun shops and get your muzzle loaders and yeah. stuff bought early guys um
1: So in other words if you see what you want and it's get there it. in front of you probably you should buy it. Yeah,
0: get it and get it done. So yeah.
1: um that's you know that's amazing to me really. Yeah. I mean that uh, yeah, how are muzzle loading components um
0: they're 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 they're, they're out there. They're just a little shy. I've got a whole bunch of 209 primers coming in this week for the inline muzzleloaders. Um, and uh, so we should be good through the rest of the season there. We've got a fair amount of powder there, again, limiting the amount of powder being purchased. Um, right. I do have a large shipment. Uh, while you were gone, I picked up a large shipment of, of general reloading powder for uh, rifle and uh, pistol. Nice. Um, and there's probably... I don't know. Uh, probably eight or nine different kinds of powder. Got multiple pounds of it uh, coming in one-pound jugs. So cool. um, that should be here actually tomorrow or Wednesday, I would think. Okay. So um, we'll have that on the shelf here when we open back up on Wednesday. So Sweet. Um, and uh, so that you know it's starting to get a little more promising. Still no pistol primers, folks. Everybody's calling on pistol primers and and rifle primers, and they're just they're just hard to get. So, um, you know, people keep asking and trying to figure out the conspiracy behind it, but there's no conspiracy behind it when you think about who's manufacturing it, you know, the, the, the primer aspect. The same companies that are making the primers also make ammunition, and right now they can't make enough ammunition, so why would they sell the primers? Um, it's kind of the gist of it, I think. Um, you got any other insight on the primer side of things?
1: You know, other, other than I've seen it I have seen a little bit of a breakthrough in some of the online supply uh, places. I don't want to mention any names
0: because right. they didn't pay for spots. They didn't sure. pay for yeah. spots. So,
1: yeah. Um but they are starting to pop up again in limited quantities. Some of some of the places I was surprised to see a, a ten thousand order limit mm-hmm. individually. Mm-hmm. That's encouraging. Sure. Sure. Um somebody's getting them. Yep. <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> sure <clears throat> somebody's getting them and they're coming from somewhere yep so i i think things are breaking free again you know the powder showing up again is encouraging yep. um you know from a from the ammo side of things i'm seeing some brass supply free up and some project projectiles have been uh much better in the yep. last couple months um you know for the most part and uh again primers are the primers are the big one yep so yep. and uh you know the import issues that we're having have really caused a problem with, yeah. uh, a lot of the, uh, small ammo manufacturers. Cause a lot of them do rely on, um, European made primers. Sure. So, um, you know, and I, you know, I don't, I don't care if what you're looking for. Uh, you go into a lot of stores and they're just out of stuff, period.
0: Oh, you know, absolutely.
1: It's, uh, you know, so obviously that, you know, I don't know all the details, but the ships sitting in the Harbor are causing a problem for everybody. Yeah. And, um, so you know, it's the conspiracy side of things. Yeah. I mean, it's fun to talk about. Right. But it's just supply and demand at this point.
0: Yeah. And everything's getting choked up. You know, this is where, you know, like you're saying the ship's setting in the harbor. And I read an article the other day that, you know, it takes two to three days to unload a ship. I don't know how true this is. It's just one of the articles I read, but two to three days for them to completely unload a ship. And there's over 150 ships setting at one port out there. Right you know, and I don't know how many ships they can be unloading at once, but it can't be more than five or six ships lined up along there. You know, they're pretty good size. So yeah, I don't know.
1: And it's not like it goes immediately off of the dock, right Right. to the store shelves, right? It then has to go through customs and get inspected. You know, I mean, you know, we are, uh, I hate, you know, I don't want to get in a soapbox about this, but man, you know, what a time to talk about returning to American-made products. Absolutely. I mean, there's a novel idea. Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, it's pretty hard to, uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, um, a a certain manufacturer of a certain product, it literally being cheaper for them to ship the unfinished product across seas, Mm -hmm. have it finished, and ship it back. They were, the manufacturer was saving money Versus having it made here, yeah, yeah. Under the here.
0: changes with the administration that's uh, <clears throat> yeah. holding power right now, that's exactly. And yeah, you're right. We were just talking about that. That it's a local company, big company, um, and they're they have locations all over the world. They're they're a big company, um, but yeah, they're they're actually they can get the general base parts here started in the United States from their their suppliers, mm-hmm. ship it overseas. Put it all together, ship it back here, then sell it, and they're able to do it cheaper without the tax involved in it, um, or the red tape involved. Or the red tape involved. Yeah, in it. you know, and that's that's pretty sad because it's getting ready to put a couple hundred people out of right. work, um, yeah. and and a lot of sub subcontractors out of work because yeah. of it. And that's so
1: just one. Just one. That's just one tiny little sector, really, yep. on the in the scheme yep. of things. So yeah, and it yep. has
0: nothing to do with the firearms industry. So no, yeah, you know, it has absolutely nothing to do with
1: the firearms. So yep. it. Uh, you know, I mean, and, you know, I don't want to turn this into a political rant, but this is, this is where we're at.
0: Hey, this is unloaded, dude. We can yeah, talk about anything Yeah, I mean, this is, this want. is where we're at guys.
1: Yep. And, you know, I mean, when, when people, you know, people think it, their vote doesn't matter yep. and, you know, certain, you know, we're seeing a trickle down effect right now of, yep. of how, you know, of what happens yep. and, um, you know, it's literally, I was, I was speaking to another friend of mine, um, in New York in particular today, and he was, uh, he's, he's a uh, manager that uh they're in the transportation business mm-hmm. and you know he's got buses mm-hmm. that he has been that have been sitting the lot for 15 months yeah. because he can't get the stuff to repair them sure you know it yeah <laughs> you know it, it just it kind of blows your mind yep. you know and you know this you know nice you know you 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 drive past you know holding lots for brand new vehicles and they're waiting on you know computer chips yeah it's just i don't know yeah it would be nice if if if
0: folks that are wanting to start businesses or that are in manufacturing and that type of stuff could start figuring out how to bring it back here and how you know how they could gravitate to the red states to try to make it more advantageous to build it here yeah and to keep it here and uh, to be able to supply it here so we can get back to some self-sufficiency um but you know with the political climate i think uh you know it, it, it's a struggle to keep fighting the tax issues and everything yeah. that the corporations have to do so yeah folks you got to get out you got to vote you got to start supporting uh supporting the right politicians um you know and it's easy to say hey you know i wish we could throw them all out and start all over well there are some good ones out there sure there are some uh, some folks that are doing it for the right reasons let's figure out who they are let's support them let's uh let's figure out how to get them into office and not let our guard down as we do it so yeah. um yeah
1: yeah i was just i was just talking to a, a mutual friend of my dad's and i's and he uh he runs a business and uh he had a gentleman come in they needed to fill a spot and uh he did a uh, Excuse me. He did a job shadowing for a couple of days, mm-hmm. figure out if he was going to work for the position and if he wanted to do it. And, okay. and uh, he liked it. Did okay. well. They were meshing well. And okay. uh, when it came time to, uh, to uh, you know, uh, come to an agreement, okay. uh, you know, the gentleman said, well, you're going to, can you pay me under the table for 14 weeks? <laughs> and he's and the gentleman's like, well, no, I can't do that. He right. Says, well, I've got 14 weeks left of uh, unemployment. So oh. I'm not going to take the job. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is this is what we're sure. You know, sooner or later, people are going to have to get back to work. Yeah, or yeah. not. Right. right. <laughs> but, you know, it it kind of you know, and and my my what I'm noticing is I'm getting numb to it. Yeah, it's starting to feel normal. Yeah, and that scares me a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a you know, this reminds me of a book they would have made us read in high school. I mean, right. it's just you know, right. It's it's a little unreal.
0: Right. So and yeah, and until they figure out the unemployment benefit things, which there again, you know, I'm all for having the unemployment benefits sure. for those that need it. But, you know, I I was even talking to somebody the other day, I said, Why don't they why don't they figure out a limit, a lifetime limit? You're allowed to draw unemployment for this much time in your entire lifetime. You know, set a number and right. or make it a number for every ten years or whatever, however they right. need to set and do the math on it, but you know i think people would bank it more than they would just sit and burn it um in these situations and you know i understand trying to give them the extra stimulus part of it uh, but the economy doesn't need more stimulus right now you know it needs to get the supply chain back under control and get the chokeholds pulled out of it and let people get back to being a little more responsible and filling all these jobs it's amazing the number of places that are hiring i mean You know uh today my son and i were running errands and like i say i went and picked up my my uh, head from the taxidermist and such and you know it was quite a quite a distance to drive um and we we talked many many times today about how many places we're hiring every stoplight we come to there were signs somewhere yeah now hiring now hiring paying bonus 500 bonus thousand bonus you know sign on bonus after 90 days you know and we were just we were we really talked about it quite a bit today um you know, and, it, and it's sad to see small business um, struggling like this. Um, one example, one of the restaurants there in Akron that we that we frequent down there, you know, the owner, she's by herself in there a lot of days. Yeah. Um, and, man, she hustles, does a fantastic job. Food is excellent there. But uh, we were just talking about that the other night, how hard she has to work. Yeah. And she's got to help one wanted sign up all the time trying to get people in there. Um, and she has some part-time staff on, I guess the weekends and things, but during the week she can't, she said she can't find any help hmm. and that's just a shame. There's, yeah. there's jobs out there. So I don't know how we uh, get I mean, everybody yeah. back to
1: work. Well, how about an incentive for going back to work? Yeah. That yeah would I mean, if, if we're going to continue to uh, throw money away that we don't have anyway, why don't we throw some incentives, <laughs> sure. in- incentives to go back to work?
0: Yeah. Go hold a job for 90 days and get a check, yeah. an extra check, yeah. you know? And uh, yeah, that's a great idea.
1: You know, but, uh, well, yeah, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's right now it, it kind of feels like it, it's hard not to look at what's going on and, and, and it have not feel like some of it is on purpose. And, uh, oh, sure. you know, dependency, Yep,
0: some dependency on it, but I think you should run for office. I think after this conversation, I think, uh, I don't should... think
1: that's a good idea deuce,
0: deuce <laughs> for, governor. Deuce for governor. Come on, man. Start you're small. Actually, run for you're governor. You're actually
1: not the first one to ever say that to me. And, uh, <laughs>
0: We'll start small. We'll run you as good. No, I don't think show. so. Okay. Think
1: no, they could probably make a lifetime movie about that. And <laughs> I don't need to be a part of that. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. That
0: would, yeah. it could be a top seller. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. No, I didn't say it was going to be a good lifetime movie. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: it's just, uh, you know, guys, you know, we'll, you know, we'll have some elections coming up in the future yep. and they're going to be really important. Yep. You know. Um, you know, I just, I, I've seen, you know, that what, you know, what, how crippled local economies became and, and what it did, you know, I, you know, my, my father's a small business owner. Mm -hmm. Um, he's depended on nobody but himself for Mm -hmm. 58 years running Mm -hmm. his own small business. And, um, you know, he was, unfortunately, I'll I'll just say it straight up. He was a barber, uh, in Michigan. Yeah. I mean, he you know, we're talking about a man that's never taken three consecutive days off in his life, All Right, six, you know, five days a week. And he had months, he couldn't work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it was a, it's been a huge hit on people. Sure. And, you know, I mean, the restaurant business, I mean, you want to talk about, Oh, heartbreaking. Yeah. For those, absolutely. For those people. Absolutely heartbreaking. And, um, you know, and that's why, you know, again, you know, shop local. We all hear it, yep. you know, and, uh, you know, I know this last weekend you said you had a great kind of a Christmas rush, yeah, which was awesome. Sure. You know, and, um, you know, it's important guys and yep. Hey, we all, we all click the button on Amazon. It's yep. easy to do. Yep. You know, um, you know, and there's, and sometimes, and, and I have made a conscious effort on a lot of items to, to, to find stuff locally too. Sure. In, the, in the last year, I know I've really tried that. And, yep. Yeah. You know, and sometimes after three trips, you just, you got to hit the button, yep. but, uh, you know, it's, it's important. Sure. Uh, you know, and, it, and you know, it can't be said enough.
0: So. Yeah. Well, and like today, my son and I were running errands and, uh, you know, and, uh, made it kind of a day of it, but, uh, there were several things that I was, thinking about ordering online, and we took the effort and, and went running around up in Mishawaka and Elkhart and found everything we were looking for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it took a little work, but we had a great time. Sure. So we had a great time, and, and we found a bunch of other stuff. Probably like, had some more conversation. Oh, I had some great conversation. Yeah. Yep. Covered mm-hmm. a, lot hey. of t- a lot of topics. Yeah, yep. see
1: what see what that accomplishes. Sure. You know, you shop local. You're yep. boosting the local economy. Yep. You're having good conversation with your son.
0: Yep. Boom. And found a bunch of stuff we weren't looking and forward found to. There, there oh. you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, we all know what kind of an impulse buyer you are. What? No, come yeah. on. Come oh, on. Absolutely. come on. They made end caps just for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> end caps wow. exist for wow. you. Wow. Yeah. hey,
1: yeah, you know that's the truth. I'm, I'm not saying you bought it's anything not from fun.
0: an end cap today. Um,
1: or maybe one of those kiosks right by the by the cash register. Oh, we got sucked into that. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, we're good there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and uh, I can, yeah. yeah, and I know that, uh, that definitely was genetic. Yeah, because your son is very similar. <laughs> so wow. Yeah, He uh, likes to shop. Yep.
0: So yep. We like nice things. What can we say? Yeah. yeah. Hey, so, you
1: yeah. know, it. uh, no, but again, you know, this is a, you know, we can't say it enough, guys. Shop local, shop yep. small, do yep. it whenever you can. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you and, and for nights you don't feel like cooking. Yeah go to the local cafe
0: yep and be patient you know that's Mm -hmm. the thing we you know oh yeah one of the restaurants we were at uh, the other day it it took oh just a little over an hour to get everybody served and you know we were getting irritated at a certain point because we had work to do and this and that, but it was also, it's a family run business. The food was excellent. The service was not bad. They were just very busy yep. and, uh, you know, one person cooking, basically one person waiting tables. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it's just the sign of the times. Yeah. And they, they again had a help wanted sign in the window and just yeah. can't get the help. But, um, folks just be patient, be kind, yes. tip them well, these people are working hard, yep. especially the ones that are out working, you know, and that, well, this morning we ate, uh, we ate in New Carlisle this morning in a little restaurant and never been there before. Um, which was kind of funny because it's 45 minutes to an hour away from here. And, uh, we go in there, we're eating and all of a sudden I hear a voice and I'm like, my God, I know that voice. I look over, it's one of my cousins yeah. that I hadn't seen in four or five years. So it was kind of cool. But, um, anyway, you know, the waitress, God, she was working hard in there and she had a boot a cast on her foot she had one of those one of those black plastic casts on her foot and she was hustling tables man there was that well when we came in there was no tables available she was clearing a table just so we could sit down and she was the only waitress um she got a great tip did a great job food came quick was great and that type of thing so yeah folks go local um and be patient with them tip them well because uh, they're working really hard um, especially shorthanded. So. Right.
1: You know. Not, you know. Yesterday, I watched. Uh, I watched a customer at Culver's yeah. just obliterate a manager. Okay. At the counter.
0: Okay. And because
1: uh, something he had ordered a salad at Culver's.
0: Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Well. He ordered
1: a salad at Culver's and could be a
0: top ten list. Uh, Culver's, right?
1: Absolutely. And uh, one of the items was left off. And uh, oh boy, you know this this poor woman is literally surrounded by high school children sure so you know if you've ever had high schoolers work for you you know that that can be an exercise your sure. patience in and sure. of itself i mean literally um you know she's being staffed by children sure. trying her best sure. and uh i'm watching her just absolutely um get ate up mm-hmm. about uh about you know and it's just like i, I just shook my head you know, i'm like guys this is not this is not like hitting the review button on Amazon. Right. You know, you're know, you dealing with people here and everybody's got something going on. Sure. You know, so absolutely be kind, be patient. I know it's easier said than done. Right. You know, right? it's, uh, you know, but you know, just even that, you know, you know, when it comes to tipping, yeah, you know, I mean, an extra two, $3, sure. You know, um, may or may not impact your day, but it could make a huge difference for whoever's getting that tip.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So, um, well, good deal. Anything else we want to talk about? We're running just about right on time here yeah, to, to no, close it, it
1: down. Uh, so. No, it's gonna be interesting. No, this has been a fun segment. It I mean, has. just kinda wrapped it out a little bit. Yeah. And uh yep. yeah. It's uh you know, I mean guys, you know, let us know. G- give us some feedback on you know topics that you want us to cover. Obviously sure. we're we're big gun guys. Yep. Uh we're competitive shooters, we're SAS yep. shooters. We yep. love talking about that stuff. Yep. And uh but if you want us to you know, cover a topic, let us know. Yeah. uh, You know, it's one thing that we don't mind doing and that's talking.
0: Sure. Absolutely. And like we mentioned last week, unless if you missed last week's episode, we're starting three segments in rotation. We're going to do basically one segment every three weeks. So it's going to be a rotation. Last week we did on the trail with CC and Deuce and that, that segment, we talked mainly about SAS shooting Mm -hmm. and firearms related to SAS. Uh, And then this is our unloaded segment where we just we don't come in scripted. We maybe have one or two topics that we decide ahead of time we're going to talk about, but for the most part, there's no script. There's no, uh, boundaries. We did not plan on talking about politics or, uh, you know, meals or, uh, manufacturing or any of that. We just kind of let it roll today and that, uh, that's the unloaded segment. And then, uh, next week we will bring you trigger time and, uh, trigger time segment's going to be completely industry news. Um, we will decide this week what, uh, what firearms, what companies we're going to talk about. I would like to spend a little time talking about the, uh, the transition of many companies mm-hmm. from blue state to red state. Um, and, but then we're also going to talk about some of the new firearms. We're going to talk a little bit about what they expect coming out next year and uh, and maybe talk a little more about some firearms for later this year for deer season yep and um uh, and where the industry inventory is at the current state and i'll hopefully find out a lot more on that tomorrow Sean.
1: And, and you know, again, guys, spitballing because this yep. is the unloaded session. You know, I mean, it, it can be any subject matter you want us to cover. So, yeah, yeah. You know, if somebody wants to send us, a, you know, a bottle of bourbon or whiskey for us to uh, do a review on, or we, something we can here, do we that. We can absolutely, absolutely do that.
0: Absolutely. Yep.
1: yep. yep. Um, I'm not a pro, but I would like to pretend to be one. Okay. So, okay. Yep.
0: Yeah fantastic we can do that yeah oh so. um also we'd like to thank uh, wr hall and associates again for their sponsorship of not only our podcast but uh, also of our range and uh, other things around here and uh mike you guys are great people we appreciate it deuce wore the hat just for you guys today yeah. so um if you need insurance get a hold of wr hall in warsaw and uh, have a talk with them see if they can help you out also would like to thank we the people munitions company for their continued sponsorship and production of fantastic ammo used by many of the top competitors in the world
1: yeah absolutely
0: folks it's been a great time talking to you tonight um look forward to talking to you next week and like we always say keep your powder dry thanks for listening